Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, welcome to your Hollywood Crime Scene bonus episode. I'm very excited right now. Oh, okay. Um, so this week we're going to dive into a very special episode, which we've done in the past. And this time, it is from a show I've actually never seen before, Rachel. And I know that you are a fan of it, or were a fan of it. I'm still a fan of it. I will always be a fan of it. Boy Meets World. And the episode is called Cult Fiction. So obviously, it appealed to me because it's about a cult. First of all, like I said, I have never seen this show before. The opening credits look like they were done on Microsoft Paint. They are so lame. Like that immediately was just like, okay, this is going to be, this is not going to be a very powerful to go episode. over the writing in, this, in the CGI car. Yeah, the they're CGI. in a CGI car. When I was seeing it, I was like, is this real? Yes. Or is this like something that someone who illegally downloaded this made? Like I honestly was confused. So um, despite never having seen the show, I do know who Ryder Strong is. He's, because I saw him in a storytelling show. What? Yeah. What? Like... Maybe four years ago, I went to a storytelling show. First of all, he's really cute. He was the love of my fucking life when I was growing up. Like, the love of my life. He looked really hot at the storytelling show. He had, like, a beard. He still slaps. Yeah, he's fucking hot. He's small, but hot. Is he small? Yeah, he's small. Like, like probably, like, five, six. But, I mean, he has big dick energy. He absolutely has big dick energy. Um. And his story was really interesting. I think he grew up in like a really weird hippie kind of family, and he was a child actor, obviously. Uh, anyways, so the episode opens, and we're looking at Ryder. His character's name is Sean, right? Rachel will correct. Sean, Rachel will Sean fact check Hunter. me. His name fact is Sean me. Hunter. He lives in a trailer park. But he's talking to Mr. Turner, the yes. teacher, who's like... He's the cool teacher. He's the cool teacher because he wears jeans <laughs> with a button-down shirt and tie. So... <laughs> You know he's cool. And he rides a motorcycle. And of course, I don't really know much about him. So when I first see this episode, I'm like, is this like a molester? <laughs> like, Because he seems like that kind. Like maybe he gets him into the cult. Like I didn't know because he's giving Sean kind of a pep talk. Now, from what I understand, Sean had lived with him temporarily, but now yes. he's back with his parents by the time this episode In is the trailer airing. park. Okay. So he's trash. He's white trash and he's really, and there's, Boy Meets World is so timeless because they, they do a whole, they do multiple episodes about classism on Boy Meets World. Okay. It's pretty good for a kid's teen show. Sure. Desi, he also has like a, a porn show. star look to him. Mr. Like, Turner? Yeah, like that actor maybe did some softcore. He's handsome. He's handsome in like a porn star kind of in way. In like a 90s way. Yeah, like he has the groomed facial hair as well and like a bit of a... Um, like a, I don't want to say mullet because it's really it's short. It's kind of a 90s mullet, it's though. It's kind of like a short mullet. Like a like, Michael Bolton. It's just a little bit of party in the back. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a teacher and he is a cool teacher, but he's still a teacher. Right. Um, so this is like a pep top where, where he's like, who are you? What are you going to be? Like, it's like after high school. What are you going to do with your life? Because Sean's of? a fuck up. He's a bad student. Right. But and people care about him. Yes. But he doesn't feel cared about and he doesn't know where he's going and he doesn't believe in anything. Right. This is all really nailed nailed home with us because after this speech where he's feeling really bad, a girl named Sherry comes over to him and she has found a way for him to move forward. She's like, that's not fair. He's really judgmental. Uh, you know, 
I have a place, you know, I have some, she has some advice for him. Let's go get coffee. And Sherry's really cute too. She's cute, but she's creepy. She's a bit creepy, right? She's very creepy. And is Sherry a character that has ever been around before or she's new? She's no, she's new. So she tells him everything he wants to hear in that moment, which as someone who has been, has been assaulted by a Christian to convert, (laughs) I know that that's how they try to get you. Like one time I was walking in New York City and um, a Christian group asked me if I was one of Jesus's little lambs. And you know me. I'm like, fuck you <laughs> to these Christians. And I'm on my merry way. It starts to rain. And then I get stuck under one of those construction things in New York because it's pouring rain. Yeah. So they all calm down to me and I'm fucking stuck there with Christians. And it was all like, you seem really angry, da 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 da. And while I was sitting there, I was like, oh, wow, I can see how if you're really lost, <laughs> this kind of spiel will work on you. They know how I'm to do a hardened. It cocksucker. <laughs> that shit doesn't work on me, but I felt some pangs. I felt some pangs when they were talking to me. And I was like, yeah, I am angry. <laughs> Why am I so angry? Then it stopped you know, raining and I ran off to the bar like a good Christian. <laughs> so that's very similar. When I was watching that, I was like, oh yeah, this is like, okay, this is what's happened. So they go to a place called The Center <laughs> and it's spelled S-E-N-T-R-E, by the way, which yeah. I thought was like, okay, so it's like a little cultier than just center spelled right. the normal way. And there's lots of girls there and they're all, it's kind of like coffee, they're getting like a coffee or something, yeah. uh, whatever. Um, and then, sorry, I'm like reading my notes. She's at this point kind of like reminds me of Vicky from Small Wonder. Like she keeps repeating things. She says his name a lot. Like yes. she keeps saying Sean where it's like borderline uncomfortable. Right. She says it so much. And she's clearly like, the actress was given the direction, you seem programmed. <laughs> right. And she's not a great actress, by the way. I like Ryder though. He's cute. So she talks to him about things like laughter, masking reality and da, 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 da. And then she hugs him. And it's really awkward. And I appreciated Ryder not wanting to hug her. He tensed up. He tensed up, which anyone should do when a stranger hugs them, by the way, because it's <laughs> weird, right? I hug people all uh, the time. Strangers? Well, I'm in the program, so right. I hug a lot of people. So you're in a cult. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. I feel like it's normal in that situation. No, I would but outside tense, of that is I, weird. I, I totally agree. Yeah. I would tense up, too. Uh, she also says... That a hug is a burst of pure love, which I found very That's erotic. Uh, and he says, he says to her, "Well, I'm about to burst you with love right now." Which I found, I found, I wrote that line down because I felt like the writers were definitely like laughing their asses off because <laughs> they're like, "This is like he's going to give her a facial or something." <laughs> um, then we meet Mr. Mac who looks like a walking TED talk. He's wearing like a t-shirt with like a black t-shirt with a loose kind of like a Miami Vice type suit, like a casual suit. I never saw his feet, but I imagine he was wearing Keds with no socks, like that kind of thing. He also also kind of has a little bit of a party in the back. Yes. It's slicked back. It's more groomed. reminded me of a few actors from 80s films that were kind of like the bad boy trying to de-virginize people. Like he looked like that type of actor, like the one from Fast Times. Yes. You know what I mean? He had that vibe to him. Uh, So Mr. Mack also says Sean's name literally like five times in one sentence. I don't even know how it was possible. (laughs) And I was like, this cult needs to be like a little slicker in their like indoctrination because it was crazy. It's a 30-minute episode. In fact, in fact... uh, 
Sean comments on it like in a joking kind of way. He accuses them of being a cult, but is quickly turned around uh, to the idea that they're not a cult. So it's a lot of stuff about, you know, judging, not judging people. It's like all the things that this guy wants to hear right now. So he meets up his friend, Corey, who I guess is the star of the show. Who you may know his older brother, Fred Savage. That's right. IRL. Corey. And Sean is already hugging people. He hugs Corey, and it's a real no homo moment. For me. <laughs> like, it really, it really was. Corey is compl- like they're best friends forever. Yes. and even Corey is like, "Whoa, dude, what the fuck?" <laughs> uh, there's some cult- girls from the cult sitting there, and they keep referring to them as three girls. So I love that they're already. By the way, there's like a few things. It's like this guy's clearly using young girls yes. to get these guys in the cult. Also, the connection with Mr. Mack and Allison Mack. I know it's not a connection back then, but I kept thinking of Allison Mack when I would hear his name because they also used the girls to get people into the cult. But they they did it with like a feminist kind of vibe more than like a boy-girl thing. It was more like, hey, we're here. We're women. It's women. It's girl power. Like the the Nexium. So um, then we... I think at this point, does the teacher call out the whole thing? Mr. Turner? Yeah. He calls out the whole thing, and he's calling it a cult. And they get into a fight, him and Sean, yes. which is sad because they're very close, right? Yes. Like this is a guy who took him in from yes. his family. By the way, this is like escalated, like you said before, very quickly. Like within an hour, <laughs> right. he's in a cult, and right. he's fully brainwashed already. Totally. Like I get it's a sitcom, and it's 20 minutes probably without commercials. So he's already indoctrinated, and what right. I believe to be an hour has passed on the show, right. like it's in true. real time. Uh, the other thing I thought was interesting with this show is like when they have like a sadder um, breakaway to commercial, there's a really sad saxophone the that oboe. plays. The oboe. That <laughs> is it an oboe? I don't know. Or saxophone. I think it was a saxophone. And sometimes when they go back into it, it's like, da 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 like very typical right. sitcom. But then when they would go out on like that fight, it was like, No, it goes, It was really disturbing. I know the Boy Meets World oboe. I know that sound. Well, another guy comes into the picture, Eric. Oh, I love Eric. So he... He's into the, um, he's like all in it for the pussy, basically. Let he me shows talk- up at the center and is immediately like, hell yeah. Like initially he's like, this is a cult. And it's like, well, fuck that. Like I'm in it for, you know. Let me tell you about Eric Matthews. Eric okay. Matthews is Corey Matthews, Sean's best friend's older brother, played by Will Friedle, who in my opinion is one of the most underrated actors, comedic actors of our time. I thought he was pretty good. He's fucking excellent. Like, if you watch the whole series, he's a voice actor, too. I think he still does voice acting. He's such a good actor. He, But he's always... He's like the dumb older brother. Right. He's the hunky, Definitely. dumb older brother. And he, like, is a total bad at school, but he's, like, popular with the girls, and he's just chasing pussy all the time. Exactly. That's his deal. I, from my impression of one episode, I would say the regulars are much better actors than the other people who come in. Absolutely. Uh, so at some point, um, Corey comes to the center and he gives a, they get into a big fight about how cults are like drugs and he has all these reasons why they make you feel good and da-da-da-da. He has it spelled out for him. Mr. Mac, there's like a, a little moment where he's like, for instance, he's probably standing right behind me <laughs> and he is right behind. He's like, and I'm going to prove that right now. And Mr. Mac is there creepily standing. Right. Okay. 
Uh, there's a celebrity room. Do you remember that? Yes. It's like literally a star on a wall, yeah. on a door. Yes. It's like, what celebrities are in this town? I have no idea where <laughs> they are. Philadelphia. He goes up to the podium and he's like, let's welcome Lifetime member Sean. And it's like that Tom Cruise moment in the documentary. Right. And, and at that point, Corey's like, oh, I've lost him. Right. Because he's a Lifetime member now. There's no getting over that. <laughs> he signed a billion-year contract. Exactly. He's on Sea Carriage or whatever. Sea Quest. Sea Quest. What is it called? Sea Org. Sea Org. Thank you. <laughs> Which always reminds me of Sea Monkey for some reason. Oh, always. Totally. <laughs> I literally have no idea why, but it's like, those are sea monkeys and the sea hag is coming. I'm just going to mix up everything from my childhood into one thing. Uh, then we we get to, I guess it's Corey's house and he's talking to his parents about what, what's happened to Sean. And out of nowhere, Mr. Feeney shows up. Now, who is Mr. Feeney? Oh, is my he God. a neighbor? No. Because I thought he was like the principal. Mr. Feeney, a.k.a. the voice of um, Knight Rider. Right. George Feeney, who, uh, icon, first of all. William Daniels. William Daniels. He is a, not the actor, I mean, the actor is an icon, but the character of Mr. Feeney, for any kid who is like me, who grew up in the 90s, like, Mr. Feeney is like the mentor. He's what the is mentor. his character? Is he, he a is neighbor? The, he's a neighbor and the teacher and the principal. Like first oh, he's the, like okay. w- when the show first starts, they're in sixth grade or seventh grade and he's the teacher. But then because it's a sitcom, it's like, oh, well now he's the principal so he can just be in the series. Right. Because he just showed up and I was like, where'd this guy come from? Yeah. And my impression, I have heard of Mr. Feeney, even though I never watched the show and I thought he was the principal. He's so a, I am kind of right, but he had other roles so he could always be around. Basically. He's like a mentor and he's yeah. like the principal and he's the neighbor. Well, I find Corey's dad to be very violent in this episode. Like he, they're talking about how to save Corey and yes. the hugs, and, and he says at some point, like, "Let's just get him and tie him up." And I was like, "That's a crime, dude." And Mr. Feeney apparently has been trying to take down the center for a long time. Yeah, yeah. He just says that. I was like, "Okay, like why not?" Like I have no fucking idea. I don't know if this has come up before. It's never come up before. Uh, so. This is a really dramatic moment in the series. Oh, my God. Mr. Feeney, they're talking about tying Sean up. All of a sudden, Mr. Feeney comes out with his hand over his mouth, and he says, Mr. Turner has been in a motorcycle accident. So the cool teacher, of course, fucking wipes out on his motorcycle. Uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm laughing because I I don't want to cry. Okay. That's That's fine, because I don't want you to cry either. Emotion makes me uncomfortable. (laughs) I don't like hugs. I'm a damaged, broken bitch. Uh, so everyone immediately is going to go to the hospital, but not Sean. No. And everyone, Corey is like, what? He is yeah. outraged. And Sean's like, I'll, I'll be right back. Like, so he has to go get Mr. Mac, I think. Right. Uh, so he leaves and he's like, I'll meet you there. But everyone is like, this is like fucked up. Uh, so they get to the hospital and Sean finally shows up with Mr. Mac. Um, and... Mr. Feeney and him have a weird interaction that's very passive aggressive, I would say. And then Corey's dad literally pushes him up practically to the wall. And he's like, I will fucking kill anyone who comes after Sean. He doesn't say fucking. But he does. But he he's like, he does say, I will kill anybody who comes in between my family and Sean or goes after Sean. I will fucking kill them. And I was like, whoa. Like, he does say he's going to kill him. And I thought that was pretty extreme. But you can tell that... When he was doing, when he was preparing for that as an actor, he was like, in his mind, he said, I will fucking kill. Oh, yeah. I mean, the way he acted it, it's fucking. It's fucking. So then, this is always the best moment in any special episode. Mr. Max says, 
I'm sensing a little anger here and the laugh track plays. <laughs> like, I love how they're like, well, we still need to make a little light joke here and the laugh track happens. So this guy threatens to kill him and he's like, whoa, I'm sensing a little anger here. Like, wink, wink. And it's like, <laughs> it's always the best part. The best it doesn't part. matter if someone's getting molested. They're still going to put a little double entendre in or the kid's going to be like, whoa. Talk about sticking your mouse. <laughs> like, whatever. Right. Something's going to happen where they can still, like, hey, we're still a sitcom. Right. If this is your first time seeing this, we want you to know we're here for laughs. <laughs> so, um, eventually, the uh, Sean goes into the hospital room, and it's, like, Topanga. Am I correct? Yes. Because I don't feel like I ever heard her name said, but I know who Topanga is. Corey and Sean are all in the room with Mr. Turner, who is unconscious. He's fucked up. Uh there's some more, uh, oh, Corey hugs him again and he's like, this is what a real hug is. Aww. And he's like really hugging him like when you care about someone, this right. is what a hug is. So it's good that he got over his no homo hug thing. Right. And he's like showing him. And it's awkward as well because this time- Sean's resisting. Sean's resisting the hug because it's real. Right. I think that's it's an important real. thing. Um, at some point, they say to him, you're not allowed to leave the room because he can't handle seeing Mr. Turner this way. Yeah. Uh, Topanga and Corey leave him alone in the room, and that is when Sean gives his Emmy clip <laughs> monologue to an unconscious Mr. Turner. I'm glad you said Emmy winning <laughs> because I would have said it because he he the fact that Ryder Strong didn't win an Emmy for this scene <laughs> enrages me to this day. Really? I mean, when I said Emmy winning, I was being tongue in cheek. Because no, it is clearly it's- a moment that is like, and when I was reading some message boards about the episode, people were talking like you were, they were like, this is the most <laughs> emotional. Like they talked about this monologue, like it was a fucking Gettysburg address. I'm telling you though, but it's like kids of my age group, kids <laughs> in my age group, kids who were born in the mid eighties, who were the peak age for when this episode came right. out, were fucking shook when this yeah. episode came out. Yeah. So in the thing, he basically starts talking to God. Yes. So I feel like that's when he's, he's like, I God. found something to believe in that's real. But I mean, newsflash, that's also a cult. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's not talking about, he doesn't believe in God. He believes in but love. But he's talking to God. He's talking to God. He's like, God, I've never, like he says God like eight times. No, I know. But he's not like, the point of that monologue isn't that he found God. It's that he's so desperate in that moment. He wants he, him to live. He wants him to live. And he's like, this is what's worth living for is my friends and family. Well, and it works because he grabs Mr. Turner's hand and Mr. Turner's pinky moves. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which we all know means they're going to be okay. But I heard that that was Mr. Turner's last episode I was say, until Girl Meets World yes. comes out later. That was his last episode. You never see Mr. Turner again after that episode. He just disappears. How do they explain it? They don't. There was Boy Meets World in the later seasons got kind of meta sometimes. So like when they graduated high school, like this character named Minkus comes out and they're like, Minkus, we haven't seen you in forever. And he's like, I was on the other side of the school with Mr. Turner. Oh. And it's kind of this wink wink to the camera. I mean, like, that is insane to me that no. such a major character after that traumatic episode, you'd think you'd want one episode where we see he's okay. Right. Like more than the pinky. No, I know. Was he just <laughs> was he just in recovery? Did he have a traumatic brain injury? Like what happened? They didn't have they And when never... he comes back, is everyone like, Hey, you're back? No, <laughs> he's like a big never thing? back. He's never back. But he's back in Girl Meets World. Oh, I've never seen okay. Girl Meets World. Okay. 
Well, I have no idea, but I find that really it's problematic. It is problematic because I felt like those. Ki- I feel bad for the viewers. Like <laughs> they're probably did he die? Like what right. happened? <laughs> it was traumatic. You never see him again. So that's my recap. Of I'm that so episode. glad you decided to do this episode. Obviously, I have it memorized. Because I've seen it so many times. And I could talk about the show Boy Meets World. There's a lot more special episodes that we can do. There are so many special episodes. There's a really great one where Sean and Corey get drunk and they and Corey pees on a cop car that we'll have to do. Okay. Yeah. It's outrageous. It was hard to pick. There's a lot of good special episodes and I went back and forth. Right. But then I had to do it today and I just saw it and I knew you liked the show. So I figured I love the show. Um, So that's that. Thank you. Wow. Thanks, guys. This was a very special episode for me. Good. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money, and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've had a really stressful year with work and family stuff, and I know I'm not alone when I say I tend to push that stress down in order to get what I need done, done, and that only makes things worse. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. In the past, therapy has helped me navigate many situations from helping me to set boundaries to just becoming the best version of myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I love that it's entirely online, so it's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash HCS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash HCS.
Hi, welcome to your Hollywood Crime Scene bonus episode. Okay, so this bonus episode is a bit of a in tandem with the um, main episode this week on different strokes. Um, as we mentioned in the main episode, if you haven't listened to it yet, we talked about how that show really became known for having very special episodes, a sitcom staple. But this show really fucking... They took it they to took another it to level. another level. So I'm just going to kind of go through a few of the the types of um, very special episodes that they had. They had a very famous one featuring First Lady Nancy Reagan. And that was where she kind of promoted her Just Say No campaign, which... Which was a bullshit campaign. Which is a bullshit campaign. And as we know, most of the cast members ended up being drug addicts. So yeah. Um, There was also an episode that was um, a con artist came back into the boys' lives, posing as a relative in order to um, get their inheritance from Mr. Drummond. So he was like... The original, like, email scam? Yeah, totally. So he was like a fake, pretending he was a fake relative. Um, There was another episode where Kimberly had a boyfriend who didn't allow his sister to go to the school costume ball because Willis was black. So he was like, it was like a racism episode. Whoa. There was also a really intense episode, which I feel like we have to break down on a later date, that was um, on the dangers of hitchhiking. Um, In the episode, Kimberly and Arnold's, got stranded somehow and they didn't have money. This is before cell phones and Lyft and all of that stuff, obviously. And they got picked up by a kidnapper slash rapist. Sorry for laughing. Uh, So he's posing as a good Samaritan. And um, at some point they became aware that he was not a good guy. He attempted to rape Kimberly and then the police, you know, came in the nick of time and arrested him. This is also one of the first episodes where Conrad Bain, did a PSA at the end of the episode talking about like what you should do in those type of situations. There was a few episodes that dealt with alcoholism, um, including one where Arnold had a classmate who was drinking alcohol out of a thermos. <laughs> did you ever do that? I did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I might have had a water bottle, but My this was before Gatorade water bottles. bottle. Yeah. yeah. Um, the final... The final season they actually had with the character Sam, the little red-haired boy that I talked about, his father came back in the picture and kidnapped him. Um, oh, no, it was, a, it was another father who kidnapped him, hoping to replace him because his son had died, which is a pretty dark sitcom episode, wow. right? Um, and then I think I mentioned in the main episode also that there was a bulimia episode with Kimberly. And one of my other favorite special episodes that I remember very vividly was about epilepsy. Um, they had a friend on the show who had an epileptic seizure and they were scared by it, but then the boys started making jokes about it. And I remember very distinctly, I can't remember if it was Dudley or Arnold saying what do you get when you give a glass of milk to an epileptic? And they said, milkshake. And they were laughing. (laughs) And then the housekeeper, Pearl, came by and she was in tears because she had epilepsy. And it was like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) I actually remember that episode because I probably was laughing at the epilepsy joke, right? Yeah. Um, But none of the special episodes are nearly as fucking special for me personally as one called The Bicycle Man. (sighs) which was a two-part episode that featured Gordon Jump as a, um, from WKRP in Cincinnati as um, a child molester who um, tries to basically groom Dudley and Arnold um, with fucking food and games and fun at his bicycle, bicycle shop. <laughs> so it's like 
a two-part episode of a man grooming children with a fucking laugh track going the whole time, which is really disconcerting. I don't think I noticed it when I watched it at some point as a child. Right. But like this time around, because I did rewatch it and I'm going to break it fucking down and Rachel watched it too. We're both going to break laugh this down. Tra- the laugh track is so disconcerting. Like, it's so it's so eerie. And, and I'm just going to say... Um, there was a PSA in the beginning right. of the episode, or there was a warning, a warning in the about beginning. the content. Right. The thing I loved about the warning, it's like very serious. It's Conrad Bain, and he's, he's you sitting know, on the sitting couch. on a couch in the set. Very serious. Have this warning. It's um, almost silent. There's no like whatever. And then all of a sudden, it just jumps right into the fucking theme song, which is like, <laughs> exactly. there's a da da da. And it's like all joyful. And they're like doing all their sitcom intro, like montages. And it's like, wow, that was like, that came out of nowhere. Yeah. So basically, the episode starts um, at Mr. Horton's bike shop, which does not look like it's in Manhattan, but apparently it is. It looks like it's like, right? I mean, yeah. I was like, what? So I guess Mr. Drummond and the kids are, are renting bikes there every weekend and going on these these bike rides around Central Park. The right? first clue I think that Mr. Uh, Horton is not who he says he is, is that he does not look like a, a bicycling, cycling enthusiast at all. <laughs> You're like, this is as a cyclist. As a cyclist. <laughs> I was like, I have, he's wearing a Lacoste sweater and like right. a button down shirt. But it was more like a family biking. It wasn't like I, hardcore cycling. No, I right? know. I just, I'm just saying <laughs> that I had to point out that. <laughs> so at some point, um, Mr. Horton he says to Mr. Drummond, like, hey, like, buy a bike. Like, instead of renting it every weekend, you could buy it and save a ton of money. And it's coming up, our Arnold's birthday is coming up or something, right? Yeah. And so Mr. Drummond's like, okay, like, yeah, let's do it for your birthday, whatever. And then at, at the end of that little scene, he says to Arnold, hey, like, I'm having a sale, one third off everything in the shop. If you hand out these flyers to your friends to get them to come into my shop... <laughs> I'll give you a free bike radio, which I guess was a thing, right? And he really wants that bike radio. He really radio. wants that back. And, and here's a line that I, I really cringed at, because it's like going into it knowing what happens, all these lines, right? Uh, I know what you're, he, you're lying you're yeah. talking about. <laughs> Mr. Horton says to him, scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And Arnold says, you can scratch me all over. <laughs> and the audience laughs. The audience laughs because he really wants this radio. Okay, big laugh track moment. So Arnold goes out pimping his friends for this fucking child molester, unknowingly. I'll give him that. But I'm just going to say that knowing what this show is about, every single thing, even before all the creepy incidents start happening, is fucking creepy. Right. Just knowing It's not normal. Know. Yeah. So at some point while he's recording, recruiting the people, he's not doing a good job, and his friend Dudley comes in and helps him distribute the flyers and it's like with great success because Dudley's like a little bit more smooth talker Mm -hmm. than Arnold is, right? So this is a line I love. He comes back to the shop to get more flyers because he's passed them all out um, and he says, I'm back for another load. I'm sorry. Which I, made me like fucking scream. I was like, that what? stood out to me too. And then, and Mr. Horton is impressed with how, first of all, I love how he's impressed handing out the flyers. I was like, he could have fucking dumped, put them in a dumpster. Like that's what I used to do when I had to pass out flyers. I didn't fucking hand them out. And he's all impressed. Uh, and then Arnold says, I have a way with words when I put my mouth to <laughs> I was good. That was the other line where I was, I was, I was in bed watching this and I just went, what? Out loud. It's, it's like literally nonstop what's, right? And at some point he says, 
there's going to be hundreds of kids stampeding into my house. And I was like, wow, this is going better than he could have ever fucking hoped for, right, Mr. Horton? Uh, so to celebrate, Mr. Horton invites Arnold into the back room, which, which is where he lives behind the, back, the bike shop. And they have, um, he says, this is a job for Captain Banana Split. He's going to make Arnold a banana split. Which I was, is that the most highly inappropriate erotic scene between a man and a child you've ever seen like, it's very inappropriate while he the, the, they he makes the entire banana split there's no editing no he, he just, makes we the, see everything we see every squirt he squirts he's always like i bet you you want some cream too, right it's just like squirting the chocolate stuff off slicing the he i think at some point he even says do you nuts. like bananas well you want chopped nuts right he said you like those chopped nuts on there <laughs> yeah. he did say that and then he says to him at some point you better, you better eat that fast before it melts. And Arnold literally says, I literally had to pause it because I was wheezing, laughing. He says, my tongue is faster than a hummingbird's wing. And, and Mr. Horton goes, ooh, I bet. Yeah, he, he says it something. So, or I feel like if he doesn't say something, there's a look like, ah. <laughs> He there got was a boner. A that, he got a boner at that moment. There was, it, it wasn't just a, a throwaway line. No. I mean, let me just say that what's, what jump, what's his name? Gordon Jump. Gordon Jump it does such a good job, is so convincing as this creepy right. fucking pervert guy. I just feel like the writers were having fun with this. Yeah. Because that is not a line a kid would typically say. It is purely for like, oh my God, that's so dirty. Let's put that in there. The hummingbird it, thing. It's right. so uncomfortable. And meanwhile, there's a laugh track every 10 seconds. A laugh seconds. track every time. Yeah. The other thing that it killed me at the end of that scene, this is where he starts to say, and let's keep this our secret. Like, yeah. I want your dad. He's like, I'll let you come over and I'll let you ride the bike before your dad buys it for you. And he says, uh, he says, I think your dad will be mad if you had it before he has a chance to give it to you. He wouldn't like it if I gave it to you. <laughs> I was just like, what are you fucking talking about? And that's where he starts the our little secret thing. Uh, Which is like a classic technique, right? I feel like with and pedophiles. Gets, at that point, I think does he get he gets him to invite Dudley, like bring Dudley over next time, right? Yeah, and he's yeah. stoked that he's right, going to bring stoked. over another kid. So he knows they're coming over, uh, and then we see him put a dirty magazine out, and the magazine is called Cutie. <laughs> did you see? That? Yes, I did. <laughs> and he hides it under comic books. So that they can find it. So he has, he's making them pepperoni pizza. Which, can we just sidebar? That is the most disgusting, sad looking pizza it I've is, ever seen in my they're life. And they're excited for it. I'm like, you guys live in New York. <laughs> You're excited for like a fucking DiGiorno, like a, a cardboard it, box pizza. It was like a, it was burnt too. It was overcooked. It looked terrible. I would have been like, wait a minute. You're trying to get me to take my pants off for this kind right, of pizza? Right. You got to do better than that. You got to get moza. <laughs> like, come on. Um, so the, the um, magazine, which I thought was very amusing, had a section called Circus Girls. Yes. I wanted and to see the pictorial. I wanted to too. And they had jokes. Like, the kids are saying jokes like, well, I'll say she has a big top. <laughs> and then they said another thing with their, like, the, whip with the, the whips chair. in the chair. The whips in the chair. Um, and so this is where Gordon Jump starts to be like, oh, come on. It's the natural body. It's beautiful. There's nothing to feel guilty about. There's nothing wrong with being naked. It's fun to have your clothes off, like this kind of stuff, right? Oh, I'm just, cr- I'm sweating and cringing during right. this whole it's scene. It's so it's bad. so uncomfortable. And then he starts bringing up skinny dipping and talking about how fun skinny dipping is. And that's where he brings out pictures of him skinny dipping with other kids. 
And that was the first time where the audience um, said, Goes, Ooh. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did. And I think I tweeted something because I was like, this is literally me every time I tell a childhood story where I think I'm being hilarious. And the audience is like, oh, <laughs> I was like, is this where it came from? Is this like the impetus of my whole comedic style? Like when I do live comedy or essay reading? Here's the thing I love about very special episodes is when that moment finally happens that the audience, you can hear the audience feeling bad about themselves for right. laughing in prior scenes. It's so uncomfortable that noise that the audience makes when they bring out, when he brings out the Polaroids of the naked kids. Right. And right. they're just like, they're like, oh shit, we've been laughing this whole time. I mean, I know laugh tracks are sort of bullshit, but like, uh, well, there was a live audience watching yes, it. So, yes. Yeah. Um, so at this point, he offers the kids wine. It looks like really shitty wine. Doesn't too. it look like really shitty wine? So I think Arnold protests a bit, but Dudley is like on fucking board with everything. Um, and then that's where he brings out the camera, and they he suggests that they play Tarzan. Oh my god! Uh, so <laughs> it's pretty crazy. So they're playing Tarzan, and, and there's like several jokes where um, Arnold is like, "I'm not going to be Jane," and then he gets like a safari hat on, and then of course at some point he's like, "Well, to be more authentic, Tarzan needs off. to take his shirt off." So Dudley, Only Dudley Tarzan. Does. Uh, and then he actually comments and says that Dudley has a great physique. And Arnold makes several cracks <laughs> about D- Dudley's He physique. calls him a string right. bean. Right. So we're in the middle of this photo shoot, and that's where part one, the first episode ends, in the middle of this photo shoot. I want to talk about the ending of part one, just the vibe okay. and yeah. the mood of it, because it made me... So, I, I'm so uncomfortable. I'm squirming at this point, at this episode, because it's so downright creepy, and un, it just... I was it's so uncomfortable. Incredible. It's incredible how uncomfortable it is, and um, because it's wrong. It should be uncomfortable, but right. it's... But there is something also about the juxtaposition of the laugh track with this horrific playing out of events happening, and... The way it ends is that these two children are being photographed by this man, and back in the day, sitcoms back in the day, there really there was a live studio audience right. in a lot of these, so the audience would clap at the end of an yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. So all of the sudden, you see this image. You just see this the last moments of the show is these children being photographed and posing for this man, and the audience clapping. Right. So well, it just when I say that this influenced my comedy style. I'm literally not exaggerating because there's nothing I love about the darkest shit <laughs> juxtaposed against comedy. Like, right. I love that kind of stuff. And I realized that this was not supposed to be funny in that way. But there's something so off about it. But I I like it. Like, well, But I'm not, a, I'm not watching it as a lightweight sitcom. I'm no. looking at it as like almost high art at this point. Like, well, it's so absurd to me. It's that, insane that anyone thought this was a good idea. It's absurd. Yeah. And the way, I, I don't know. It's, so part one ends. So part two starts up and they're still in the middle of the photo shoot. And now it literally starts where he's like, hey, how about if um, Tarzan wrestles a lion? And then Gordon Jump pretends to be the lion and he has Arnold take pictures of him basically molesting his friend or whatever, wrestling as a Tarzan and a lion. Uh, he actually gets on his back and he says, I don't have a tail for you to hang on to. I know. And it was just literally, I was like, the writers it's, had to be fucking... It's innuendo after innuendo yeah. in this episode. And then Arnold says something along the lines like, I don't want to get bitten on the teats, teats, tetsy, how do you say the it? Tetsy. Tetsy, yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of everything. They're drinking more wine. At some point while they're drinking wine, Dudley says, bottoms up. And I'm just like, oh, Gordon Jump just got a boner right now. <laughs> like, And then he suggests a game of trampoline. 
But he doesn't have a trampoline. It's just jumping on the bed. Um, it's at that point that Mr. Horton tells them that his nickname is Curly. I'm sorry. Dude, I lost it when he said that because he couldn't have picked a creepier name. Like, call me Curly. It's like, first of all, you're bald. Like, What's Curly? What are we talking, yeah, are we about, talking here? about here? I don't want to think about it. So at that point during the party, a customer comes in and he has, of course, he has the creepiest like little peephole, but it's like a door that opens oh, and God. he can see inside his shop and it's Mr. Drummond. So he's fucking freaking out. He goes into the um, bike shop and Mr. Drummond is there to pay for the bike. And of course, Mr. Drummond is taking his fucking time and Gordon Jump or Curly is like freaking the fuck out, right? The boys uh, are also freaking out because they peek out and see that it's Mr. Drummond. And they're more worried because they've been drinking wine. Right. And at some point, Arnold said, I smell like a blue nun. And that got a big laugh, but I didn't know what that meant. So I looked it up and blue nun is a cheap wine. And I was like, what kid would be like, I smell like a blue nun? I'm sorry. <laughs> so they escape. Um, and then Mr. Uh, Cur- or Curly comes back and sees them gone. And he's like really bummed out because he had been working this fucking scam and was He'd finally getting them naked, it. jumping on the bed and drinking, right? So when Arnold comes home, he runs into his brother and sister, Kimberly and Willis, and they smell wine on his bath, his breath. I, I thought the performance by Dana Plato was hilarious, her pretending to be shocked by alcohol yeah. consumption. Because I was like, dude, you're probably drunk right now. <laughs> like, I think she was literally wearing pearls, too. She was, because she clutched her pearls. She clutched I thought her I was like, she clutched pearls. her pearls. I was like, this is her greatest acting performance. Um, so he doesn't get busted. They, don't, they decide not to tell... Um, we're back at Mr. Horton's again. And this time Arnold's like a little bit more apprehensive about the lying and sneaking around. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mr. Horton has cartoons and that's how he kind of lures them in. And at that point, Arnold is still not sure, even though Dudley is. And then this is where I really related to Arnold. He said, I also, okay, Dudley, I guess there's just more Boston cream pie for you and me. And then Arnold is like, okay, you didn't say Boston cream pie. And I was like, Arnold, you are like a boy after my own heart. Like <laughs> cartoons are not going to lure me into a predator's right. like You cave. want the food. If the fucking Boston cream pie, I'm like, you know what? I'll take my chance. Maybe I can still escape. I'd get the fucking pie, right? I really wanted Boston cream pie I know, pie it did look really moment. good, right? Um, so... The pics are back, and they get to look at the pics, and they're actually like, these are amazing, because I guess they weren't too pervy, um, the pics of the Tarzan game. Well, that's what I wondered, is that um, how did he even get those developed without someone... I thought the same thing, because it was like, this is like less than a day, I'm thinking, right? Well, like, no, how did he get them developed without a person working oh, at the photo Because mat? they weren't pervy. I guess the ones with him and Riding Dudley, though. Him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The, you have to just suspend disbelief, I think, on this one. <laughs> so this one, they're watching um, a cartoon called Murphy the Mouse while they're eating um, Boston cream pie. And at some point, we're just seeing the kids' reactions, and they're saying, like, hey, that mouse just lost his pants. Hey, there's a girl mouth. She's wearing a bikini. Not and anymore. The sound effect from the cartoon, too, is, like, very cartoony and zany, too. So I can yeah. only imagine like what's going on. It's like a cat, like a dirty... Like Arkham, right? Whatever. And then at some point, uh, Arnold says, "This is X-rated," which is actually something I said as a kid. <laughs> One time, I remember distinctly saying that. So I remember having that thought before I became a jaded adult at whatever age. Thing. Yeah. Um, and 
I thought that um, Curly made a weird distinction saying, it's adult. <laughs> like, it's not X-rated. This is adult. This is, like, very normal. And then there's something, like, Arnold does that made me fucking love him even more. He wants to leave because it's uncomfortable, but he takes his pie with him. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> Did you die? I... And then the scene ends where we hear Gordon Jump say, and now we're going to play Neptune King of the Sea. It's bathtub time. <laughs> Dude. And it was just, like, in... Sane. It's so uncomfortable. So now we're back at the Drummond's penthouse and Dudley's dad comes over. Okay. I need to talk about Dudley's dad. Okay. Dudley's dad as an actor (laughs) was pissing me off so much because he's smiling during the whole fucking episode. He's a terrible actor. He cannot... Do you know those certain people like... Here's another person who does that. It's I don't know if anyone watches The Pioneer Woman... Um, on Food Network ever. Oh, no. I realize what's so irritating about that woman to me, and it's that she can't deliver a line without smiling. It's like she's perpetually smiling. She's, everything she says, she's in a smile. Right. It's like it just looks so unnatural. And this actor who played Dudley's father was the same thing. Is He comes over and he's saying these very serious things like, hey, I, you know, where's my son, basically. Right. Well, he comes over to talk to Mr. Drummond. Because Dudley told his dad that Mr. Drummond gave him wine, and Arnold said that Mr. Uh, Dudley's dad gave him wine, and that's right. where the story kind of comes out that both of them had been lying. So Dudley's dad comes in and he's like, "Hey, I'd really appreciate it if you'd stop giving my son wine," but right. with a huge ass smile. Right, on his face, right. It's weird. It's so weird. I actually remember seeing it as a child and thinking the dad was bad. Like he was the bad such actor. a bad yeah. actor. It was distracting. To me. Um, at that point, there's two lines that really made me laugh that I actually thought were really funny. At some at some point, Willis says, because they're like, they're just kids. They're drinking wine. And Willis says, from nipple to the ripple. <laughs> that was funny. I thought that was a really funny line. It like, was. And then uh, Dudley Stad says something like that he's going to have a, hard, a heart-to-heart talk. And Mr. Drummond says, I'm going to have a hand-to-butt talk. <laughs> Did you? I was yes. like, what are you fucking talking about? It was the wrong uh, episode for that line. Yeah. Um, so at that point, Arnold confesses everything. And there's a laugh track happening the whole time through Arnold sort of breaking down all the things that Mr. Whatever uh, Curly has done. Yeah. Uh, at the end of that, um, they realize that Dudley is still there. And that's when Mr. Drummond um, calls the police and they meet him at the shop. The detectives. Yeah, they're detectives. They're <laughs> it not was even literally the like... A child, it was like the classic child they're in a wearing, trench cart, like three children. <laughs> like they're wearing trench, trench coats, coats and, and like a fedora. And they're like the worst. You wouldn't want these cops fucking. They don't even look like cops. They're no. wearing the same outfit that Mr. Drummond was wearing. No, it was ridiculous. So they show up at um, the Curly's bicycle shop and they find, they bust into the back door. And obviously Curly's like, no, 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 don't go in there. And they find Dudley. I guess he's taking a shit when they come in because there's they bust the bathroom door and we hear a toilet flush, right? It was so weird. It's like, it's like, let's make this moment a little humorous. Like, he's not in here drugged and raped. Like, let's have the toilet flush so we know he's still safe and just taking a dump. Like, what was that? <laughs> and, of course, it's a big laugh. Dudley comes out without his shirt on. And a towel wrapped on his waist. Yeah, and he has apparently been drugged. He's like Mr... You know, Horton gave me a pill. Yeah. I don't feel well. He tried to touch me. And that was like the big reveal. Right. But we feel like, I like to where um, the dad comes and he says to Dudley, it's not your fault, son. I was like, fuck you. (laughs) You're outdated bullshit, right? Well, I thought 
that was a very sweet moment between the dad and uh, it could yeah. have been a it could have been it a very sweet, sweet moment. But Dudley's dad was it's such a bad actor. It was so he was so distractingly bad because I feel like the dad would have been fucking raging in that moment. Like, where is he? Right. I want to fucking kill this guy right. for touching my son. So there's that little scene between Dudley and the dad, and it's like, I love you, son. You're not in trouble. Da, 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 da. Which like, is good. It's fine. It's a yeah. good thing to say. Then we're back at the Drummonds, and for some reason, the police detective is still there giving them the rundown. And this is basically the scene where we get the information, but they're doing it in a scene about what we should do in these situations yes. and what's right and wrong. Which and da, 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 da. there was a surprisingly woke statement for 1983. <laughs> Wait a second. Hold your horses on this. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure we're going to talk about it. Um, some So the detective talks about how some parents blame the children. And then he goes on to sort of say about child molesters that there's like a strange contradiction about child molesters. They love, they actually love children so much, but then they hurt them. Like, it was just like a weird... It was weird. Yeah. I thought that was weird too. Um, and then, sorry... It's a really weird scene because it's very stiff and kind of whatever. And then Willis says, I didn't know he was, you know, gay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Which is like so fucking dated. Is this the statement you were talking about? Yes. And then the detective says, you know, that's a fallacy that They're most people gay. think most child molesters are not gay. They love children. <laughs> like, so it was a pretty woke statement for the time. Yeah. But at the same time, weird, weirdly put in, I thought. Like, it was with weird. Willis. Like, well, the way Willis said it was sort of like, whoa, ma- he's gay. Like, yeah. he <laughs> like immediately was made, takeaway. he was like, that I didn't, not that I didn't know he was a child molester. He was like, I didn't know he was gay. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It That's was like, that was your worry at that moment. Like, whoa, if only we had known he was gay. Like, it was weird. But then they did clarify that not all child molesters I'm, are gay. So that was good. I I'm mean, glad that they clarified that. Yes. The really weird thing to me is that the show ends and Arnold is like, does this mean I still get a bicycle? I'm sorry. And it was like a classic sitcom ending where everyone's right. like, and he's like hugging the dad and it's like, yay, everything worked out. Like well, this is a, exactly how every child molestation case ends. Here's right? the fucking problem with every single very special episode. And we're going to see this as a huge pattern because it happens in every very special episode of every family show like this, every sitcom, Right, is that it's all resolved in a neat little bow at the end and there's no mention of the trauma or the incident right. ever again in the series. And I feel like all of these shows would do these very special episodes and then not touch on it later in other episodes. Like, right. oh, I'm going I'm to therapy, therapy now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just immediately Even like just over. a fucking... And it's like, you know, in their minds, they're like, well, he didn't actually get molested. He just tried to touch it. So but we don't have to deal with this. But it's like... No. Yeah. E- but, but even if he did get touched... Well, first of all, it's still traumatic. Oh, I know, I know. But also, even if he did get touched, they still would abandon that whole plot. Yeah, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter I what mean, happens. Because there's also episodes where characters, there's been several episodes where characters experiment with eating disorders, and an eating disorder is an addiction like anything else, so right. they're it just over it. doesn't end after one, one episode right. by they're, far, I mean. Um, but yeah, and then it ends again with uh, Mr. Drummond or, or Conrad an, another having PSA. a PSA type thing at the end. And then we just go back again right to the end credits. 
as if like they didn't even like sometimes when a show has a sad episode, they make a sad version of the story. Like I remember like on the Brady Bunch when it was like something bad happened, it was like da 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 Right? Like right. they made like a sad version of the theme song. But this one was just as jovial as always. And I felt really I was like, at least the Brady Bunch made a sad like and that was just like if Cindy, like whatever, you know, got bullied at school or something. Like yeah. they would do that. Doo, 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 yeah, doo, doo. The sad and it was like, and the, the mom would come in and like hug them or something. Yeah, I know. But yeah, there was no sad version, and I just feel like, come on, <laughs> dude. So yeah, that was a very formative thing, and it honestly might have been the first time I saw what molestation was outside of my own life. Like when I saw Whoa. it, I was like, were you like, is that what that is? I was. I have two memories of that being something. And then I saw it on Oprah one time where I heard the word molestation. And I was like, oh, this is bad. <laughs> I mean, I know I don't like it, but like. Right. But this is a so, thing. Yeah. So it was something where I was like, oh, okay. Like, because wow. it wasn't talked about then. Like it no. is now. Like everyone knows now, I think. Right. It's pretty much. And there's no, I mean, I didn't have shame about it. I just didn't know, like, you you didn't talk about it or right. whatever. Like, I didn't want to talk about it. And I will give credit to the episode for even ta- trying to tackle right. the subject and for having the moments like we I said think before. looking back, it's just very. Well, it's so old. But they it's were trying. 30 something yeah. years old. Uh, um, the, the other thing that. Makes, oh, both episodes, by the way, are, are on YouTube. Yes. And for they free. are. I would watch them. I mean, Oh, can I just do my like joke I always want to do, but I always feel like it's too inappropriate. But that was sort of one thing when I I do remember watching the Oprah episode and they talked about the grooming. And I remember thinking while I was watching that, like, hey, I didn't get groomed. <laughs> like I just got molested. I didn't get the I didn't you get didn't the get Boston the cream pie and like all this stuff. Cause I think maybe it's family. They don't have to try as hard. <laughs> You're just there and you have to do it. Like no one was luring me in with candy. Right. It wasn't a stranger thing. Sorry. Sorry, I realize I laugh about this and it's very inappropriate, but I'm fine. <laughs> I'm telling you, and that's the and that's the joke I always make about um living with my rapist is that I he, he didn't even have money. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was getting the like run of the stick. You weren't a kept woman. No. Yeah. It's anyway. Um, but yeah, so that's yeah. the episode. Please watch it. It's very funny. And give us all your comments. We uh, want to know it. if we you watch this think about episode it. as a kid, yeah. what you think. Okay. And we'll, this will be a reoccurring um, bonus episode is our takes on very special <laughs> episodes from sitcoms from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Yep. So, okay. Bye. Bye. 